This podcast contains explicit content. Dissecting the news one tangent at a time. This is Hardly Focused. I was flabbergasted. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Hardly Focused. It is the 28th of November. Might I remind you, it is still Movember. Oh, mo, mo. How do you like me? How do you like me? Mo, mo, mo. Why don't you like me? Nobody likes me. It is the 520, I believe we're at 526. I do not have the number in front of me, so I'm just going to say that with a uh, question mark. It's between 500 and 600. Yes. Thank you, Nate Phillips. Thank you. you. Uh, it is Jack Gill, Nate Fillers, just the two of us today. It's true. Nate, it's good to see you. It's been a while. It's good to see you too. It's yeah. been uh been a hot minute. Uh how was your Thanksgiving? It was it was very interesting. Um very quaint, um if that's the right word for it. It's very small, very <laughs> very quiet and peaceful and yeah, how about yours? Yeah, about the same. Um, definitely a welcome change from last year where uh, we... What, hold on. Wow, 526. I was way off. It's episode, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, let's start the show. Yeah, I gotta undo everything and bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, because I suck at everything, it is the 521st episode of this podcast. Get back to us in a few weeks when it is officially the 526th. Wow. I'm losing track, man. That's okay. I'm currently Googling quaint. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was... Sure. It was absolutely a welcome change from last year where we had to, because of COVID, split everything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I think we did three days of Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that was just because uh, everyone now everyone gathers at my aunt's place. Uh, it's it's everyone on my father's side of the family. Thankfully, is local, so we gather with my aunt, and she always cooks plenty, and it's always a great time. It's, we've been doing this for as long as I've been alive. And last year, just instead of having the big family gathering, we had to split it up. And it, it, now I went to all three days because I just I was having cabin fever. Everyone was having cabin fever and I just needed to get out of the house. But I went to all three days. God, this year it was so much better to have everyone just in one place. Hell yeah, I can see that. So uh, it was it was fun and it was uneventful. Did you need a vaccination card to get in? <laughs> now they said bring it and they never checked it oh okay just yeah, like the palladium in worcester uh, yep, <laughs> yep and they never enforced the masks either no. have you been to uh any shows at the palladium in worcester yeah yeah i'm actually wearing a strawberry girls shirt that oh. i got from the palladium when did you see strawberry girls oh uh, they opened for fall of troy no shit yeah uh, God. very happy that I got to see them at God. the Palladium. They were playing the Palladium upstairs, so nice, yeah. man. 
Yeah, yeah. man, our our, uh, our our friend uh, Kevin from Alcohol by Volume will shit himself when he hears Strawberry Girls. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. Uh, do you listen to Dance Gavin Dance? Yeah. Yeah, because that's uh, Strawberry Girls is um, Zach from Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah, it's, it's it, was, it was a good show. I mean, it was fun. It was it was good. Yeah. I, I wish they enforced the masks a little bit better, but like, what can you do? I wore a mask all the time. So. Yeah, that's a good idea that you did that. When I went to the Palladium a few weeks ago, I went for two concerts in a row. Uh, night one was Stone Temple Pilots. Night two was Bad Religion with Alkaline Trio. And uh, seeing everybody, it, it was sort of like, uh, oh, I don't know what the right term is. I don't want to call it like bystander effect, but maybe FOMO. I don't know. Seeing people not wearing their masks made me take my mask off. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. You kind of feel weird. Like it has like the opposite effect where you're like, well, they're going to think that I'm sick or something. And I, I don't want them to think that I'm sick, but like, also I yeah. just, I just started, like, I agree with that. Like it happens to me a lot, but I've noticed that whenever I do that, like the week after is just hell for me. Cause I just have anxiety. I'm like, Oh my God. Like what if I gave somebody something like, you know, oh, well you're, you're worried. Of, you have anxiety. I actually, after my two night jaunt at the palladium, I got sick. And I, oh. I had a I had a cold and we're at the point now where I need to just think that every time I get a cold that I have COVID and I and I mm-hmm. now I've never had a COVID test. I've never tested for COVID. Uh, next time I see my doctor, I should do the antibodies test. But, you should. Because uh, I am. But we are both convinced I had COVID uh, two years ago. But this and this didn't feel like. COVID, if it was, then COVID is now just masking itself as the common cold. It felt like the common cold. Which would, could be because you're vaccinated. True. Uh, and, it, you know, I, I chalk that up to exposure, you know, taking my mask off in a crowded setting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's cold seasons, flu season. So, but it's, it's so much drier, man. <sighs> just the, so much drier. Just the paranoia now of what. What you have if, if you get the sniffles. Oh God, it's COVID. Yep. It's on the crowd. That's why um I got the booster and yeah. And I got my flu shot. I need to get my flu shot. I need to get my booster. I need to get my flu shot. You see, I'm just lazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I I I would be if I didn't have anxiety. Yeah. I I just need to go out and do it, dude. I've been living like a fucking hermit Friday. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Just to be honest with you. Friday, I didn't get out of bed. Friday. Oh I think, yeah, that was that was. I've been that for a week. Yeah. Friday, I got out of bed at 4 p.m. Went downstairs, made sure my cats had food, then got on the couch, and then just like went right back to sleep. I think I slept for, I think a total of like 26 hours. Uh, interrupted. You know, I, I did. I did wake up and. Uh, eat at some point but uh, I just that's just what I do now I mean there's there's really nothing else to do yeah it's it's that seasonal time for me I'm just like uh, it's been harder to get out and do open mics it's been harder to like just go out just because it's just like ah uh, you really have to push yourself you you did an open mic though recently and you posted it on Facebook and it, it looked like it went well 
Oh yeah. I mean, I, I did, I, I've been off for about like three weeks now, I think, but like, yeah, it's been fun. It's been like interesting to just like experiment on, but like, I'm starting to realize that I'm not a conventional comedian. So it's, it's been a lot of, I've, I've taken the last three weeks to really figure out where I'm at. Now, can, so. can you define conventional comedian? I can, but I, <laughs> I, so just, here, I just like the, uh. <laughs> well, here's because it's a little controversial. I'm sure many out there would disagree with me. Okay. But, um, from what I've recognized, I've watched a lot of seminars. I've watched a lot of like how to videos. I've watched a lot of like history of comedy. I'm pretty well read in the comedy world. Um, I feel like there is a formula to making jokes and the formula is set to a degree where if you know the formula, you're going to be successful, but not necessarily funny. And I say that with my own opinion, like from the majority of people will find the jokes to be funny but me, I find them a little bit too predictable because they follow the formula mm-hmm. and I'm so familiar and I've overheard the formula used. I mean, there's there's so many different types of formulas. So when I say conventional, I think of like, you know, like if I could relate it to music, maybe like, you know, the four chords, you know, you do the verse, sure. chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Like that kind of structure. Like like A-A-B-A, that kind yes, of structure. Yes, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So I realized that there is a huge difference between being successful and being good. Like yeah. by your own standards. Like I, I don't want to be the same as everybody else. I want to be different, but we live in a society. We live in a society. <laughs> We live in a society that rewards, um, you know, commonality and not avant-garde. Sure. So it's like people, biggest example would be if you're in a band and you play a cover song, people go nuts for the cover song, but they don't go as nuts for your originals. Oh, yeah. I, I, my, my band, my, my largely inactive band. We have a slew of very good original songs, mm-hmm. but we also do covers, and it's a nice 50-50 split. And, man, I wish people... I mean, we can get people amped about our original stuff, but, like, yeah. they're not going to be familiar with the source material. No. I, you play T-Swift, and they go nuts. <laughs> I liked what you said, too, about uh, the difference between being good and successful. That's, like, the story of my life right now with my real-life job. Know, which yeah. I which I will you know never talk about on the show, but just uh, you know, am I successful with it? Yes. Am I good at it? Uh, fuck no. I I don't think I'm good at it. <laughs> but I've I've told people I'm great at it. Do I think I'm? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with it. But it's what pays the bills, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm starting to realize. Like that's the struggle that I'm having right now is like the pay the bills part. Like if you want it to be a job, you kind of have to follow this structure and you have to right. play by the rules and you have to do this and do that. Now I'm not saying like this is 
like the law. This is like written in stone or anything. I just noticed that a lot of comedians who follow the same sort of structure are more rewarded than people who do weird jokes. And like, you know, I, I, I'm probably kind of off, but I don't think I'm very far off from this conclusion that I've seen people tell jokes and those are the types of jokes that get reactions, but I'm sitting there like, okay, yeah, I agree. That was, that was a decent joke that, that I get it. That was nice. But I'm not like that caught me off guard and I'm laughing hilariously. It's that's more of my style. So that's more where I'm coming from. I think I'm more of that style comedian. So when I say like unconventional, I think like the the less popular kind, but I do get laughs. So it's confusing. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Would you say you're more of a conversationalist or do you have a punchline that you're always ramping up towards? I would say I'm a one-liner okay. comic. I just tell like one-liners and they don't connect together in any sort of way. So what I did was I sat down, I looked at all of my jokes and I arranged them and I strung them together so that it makes like one cohesive story and puts the jokes in there. So it's not just like blah, 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 blah. Something completely different. Joke about uh, Ghostbusters. Joke about fruit. Like it, it's like joke about Ghostbusters. Joke about ghosts. Joke, joke about graveyards. Joke about death. You know, <laughs> like it has more of that flow. Yeah. As opposed to, well, fruit, uh, vegetables, uh, skies, uh, sunset birds you know just like all over the place it's you know which i find to be more fun actually because you don't you can't predict what's going to be next sure but that i guess that's what i mean so yeah it's been fun though i mean the fact that you can just go out and do it again right like yeah yeah i love being on stage i love hanging out with people i've met a lot of amazing comedians and they're so good at it and it's just like, what am I doing? <laughs> when did you get back out and start doing this again? I think I started in September, like okay. September. So I've been doing it for a few months now and I've been going every week just, you know, and I don't know, just being around people is nice. But like now with this new variant, it's fucking screwing things up and yeah. making things stupid again and it feels like we're trapped in a loop where it's like every few months there's going to be just this new variant and it's going to be we don't know if the vaccine covers it and you know it's annoying it pisses me off what what i'm confused about is i know that they were talking about an epsilon variant and then if there were variants f through n we didn't hear about them because now all of a sudden we're we're at oh we're at Omicron. Yeah, in passing, read something about that. It was like because it was complicated or like confusing or something to use those letters. I don't remember. Look, the only and I posted this on our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash hardly focused podcast that the the only Omicron I recognize is Omicron, the Nomad Soul on the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say Omicron Percy I ate. Uh, no. 
<laughs> drama. I, I, I'm glad that someone else thought of that though when I when I saw um one of the first like stories reported, I think like NBC was reporting it on online about the new variant and someone immediately quoted that. Yeah. I was very appreciative of that. No, uh Omicron the Nomad Soul, uh, featuring David Bowie. He, he, you know, David Bowie's been popping up on my like release radar or not like my release, but like my discover weekly and every song that comes up. I'm like, I need to listen to him more. It was tough, man, when he when he died, because I would consider myself a casual David Bowie fan. But I understand the impact that David Bowie had on music. Oh yeah, and just too. I, and, I, and just what he did, uh, what he did for the music industry, what he did for the genre, what his influence was, what his contributions were. It just I like I recognize that, and that was you could say the same thing about how we we lost Stephen Sondheim recently, in that it's a void that you just can't fill. Yeah, you're not you're not going to be able to. You, you sure you can move on. And someone else will take up a mantle similar to that, but they are not the successor and they're not filling that void. The The void can't be filled. Yeah, he was one of those rare ones that made it kind of made avant garde work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hear I just am less familiar with the work. Right. Than I than I should be. Yeah. I, I don't even I I played Omicron the Nomad Soul when I was younger and I, I really don't remember too much of it other than Bowie. I think is I think that's him on the cover. Uh, and I think I think he has like an actual role in the game, but he definitely contributed music to the game and I believe it was original music too. It wasn't just him licensing tracks. Mm-hmm. But uh I, that was a game that was definitely ahead of its time. I believe that was by the same developer that did um got heavy rain and and i believe detroit become human uh fahrenheit they, they're they're a very reputable narrative game developer nice uh, omicron i think it was like their first big uh their first big foray i think there were, you could play it on mobile at, at one point they, they put out like an ios android version of the game i'm not sure if it's still available but that always blows my mind that that's the year we're living in is people are now playing games on their phone. It's like, the screen is so small. Maybe it's because I have glasses and I'm just jealous. Well, not, not just playing games on their phones, but full fucking like PlayStation two games. Yeah. Yeah. Games that came out like 20 years ago that, uh, the devices that we carry Uh, a cell phone of, of, of this size you know, literally like the the palm of my hand. And this thing is more powerful than a computer. Yep. This thing can do 4K uh, video and, and fantastic audio quality. Yeah. I was just talking with a friend of mine, just like, can you imagine the future when they're like, can you believe phones didn't have terabyte hard drives? <laughs> just imagine. No, dude, it's going to be hollow phones. It's, it's, going to be everything that like star trek and futurama all, all the everything that people used to facetiously predict it will be real 
Yeah. It will eventually be real. Um, yeah. Going, going back, I, I don't want to harp on it for too long, but the this new COVID variant, honestly, man, I, I know that there's like, because I wake up this morning and my phone is just, uh, the screen just alerts from different news sources like the AP and what have you just over this new COVID variant and how we're, we're blocking travel again, specifically to Africa and this, that, and the other thing. If we have to shut down again, if we need to go back into quarantine, I think that that's just going to be a stupid move. I think that's just going to be a, a waste of time and effort and, and getting people. I, I don't want to be the one that comes out and says that the news is trying to incite a panic. I get what they're trying to do, but I will. I'll say that. The news is all- <laughs> I get what they're trying to do, but they are going to incite a panic and people just need to realize that at this juncture, COVID is just something we have to live with and we need it. It's just going to be the elephant in the room that we need to maneuver around. And yeah. all you need to do literally is get your head out of your ass, get vaccinated. When a booster becomes available, get your booster, get your flu shot. Yeah. You pump, yes. You're pumping yourself full of drugs, whatever. People are yeah. like, these are the same people that are like, if they have a headache, they beg for Advil. They beg for Tylenol and they don't question what's in that. Yeah. And let me also add into this that a lot of the, you know, debates about the vaccine come from people who are like it took them so many years to make so-and-so vaccine and they made this one so quick it's like dude they've been making vaccines for years we were already prepared (laughs) it's it's like the technology is way better than it was when they were first making vaccines so you have to take that into consideration now i'm not saying it's foolproof i'm not saying like, but I'm saying the argument that it was made too quickly doesn't really hold a lot of water. No, it's just like because that's what science is all about. Like, you remember, like, look at the video games. Like, it wasn't too long ago. Like, Laura Croft was like this triangle woman jumping around in caves and stuff, and now she looks like a real person. So it's like technology does make things easier. Right. And faster. Not not to mention that the common flu. How many variants of that are there? How many new variants are we finding? I mean, that 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 is like, I guess, a legitimate question could also be a statement of ignorance. But viruses mutate. Mm-hmm. It's that's what they do. So, yeah, my biggest issue. Sorry. The problem is, it's just it's something COVID's still new compared to like every other. Yeah. Major virus and uh you know influenza out there it's just it's relatively new and every time some variant new variant pops up it's we we have to grind come come to a grinding halt to recognize it eventually we should just not not ignore it but not just kind of be like recognize it know it's there but not get everyone into a panic over it and also before we even know anything about it, it's like, we don't know that much about this variant and already like the media is like pumping out like this doomsday scenario. Like it's, 
you know, your vaccines won't do anything for this one. And it's so much worse, but it also, we don't know if it's worse. It could be less worse and it might not be, um, you know, your vaccine might protect you against it. We don't really know. Right. So they start off with, it's horrible. It's your vaccines won't do anything. It's far worse than anything we've ever seen. And then they go saying, we don't know much about it. We don't know if the vaccines will protect you against it. And we don't know how bad it is. It's like, well, why did you tell me before that? You know, it just, it frustrates the hell out of me. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, I've heard and I, I can't relay what my source was on this. I apologize, but I've heard that vaccines in their current form are effective against this variant so there shouldn't be any worry about that not to mention that they're talking about that pill too that's coming out that mm-hmm. supposedly yeah. is supposed to help but it's it's not like a replacement for the vaccine it's just something that can you know just bolster immunity really just the the, the crux of it is get your damn vaccine get your flu shot don't be a daft punk uh, and and everyone should uh, everyone should educate themselves by going to the subreddit called Herman Cain Award. Do you know oh, yeah. what that do you know what that is, Nate? Yes, I do. OK, for the unaware Herman Cain Award named after Herman Cain, who famously uh, proclaimed that covid was a myth, uh, went to an event, got covid and then died immediately afterwards. Uh, it's a subreddit dedicated to people who go on social media, do the exact same thing. They share the memes. They they drop terms like fraud she instead of Fauci and and call people sheep. This that and the other thing, and then uh, the the posts always devolve into uh, either them posting that they're in the hospital, very ill, or a family member saying. This person is in the hospital. They're very ill. Send your prayers. And then it almost always ends with them succumbing to COVID. The very thing that they were pushing uh, as as uh, a fake. Yeah. So if uh, you're like me and when you get in a, into a bad mood and you need uh, to feel like <laughs> vindicated somehow, <laughs> go to the subreddit because there are people out there and it's this is just natural selection at its finest. Yeah, I mean, that's my contract. It is what it is. I mean, it sucks because there's a lot of misinformation out there, and it's so easy when fear is like involved to to find information that like confirms your beliefs. But like beliefs and facts are different. So that's all I'm gonna say. Yes, a lot of people are confusing their facts with their beliefs. That's my. Yeah, that's our that's our controversial hot take. I will say Herman Cain Award, uh, one of the top posts right now is a uh, minister, I think he was, from, I think, Idaho, somewhere out in the Northwest, uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, who uh, was uh, pushing the belief that COVID is not real, it's not, it's, uh, don't take it seriously, the, you know, God will save you, this, that, and your thing, and you, you, you can guess what happened. Uh, TLDR spoilers they are no longer with us yeah and it's because of COVID so um, all right 
uh, happier subjects. <laughs> yeah, we will we will regroup and we will come back and uh, not talk about COVID. Uh, when we return, Nate, I know you wanted to talk about the new Cowboy Bebop. I do as well. <laughs> and also uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, yes. That's all I'm going to say. Boris Johnson. That's the big market tease. Okay, we will return. Stick around. You are listening to Hardly Focused. Belviv DeVoe was one of the offshoots of uh, New Edition. You know who else was in Johnny? Uh, it's like fucking say it and give it away. You know who else was in New Edition? No, who? Johnny Gill. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> this podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focused. I could say something pretty inappropriate right now. Well, hello. We are Hardly Focused. Jack Gill, Nate Fillers. You can find us at HardlyFocused.com on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Just search for Hardly Focused on any of those. And you can also find us on the social medias, too. Just do the same thing. Search for Hardly Focused Podcast. Uh, Nate? Yes. Uh, Boris Johnson, who's the yes. he's the Prime Minister in the United Kingdom, Um I don't know if you saw this. There was a show that was not hosted by Stephen Merchant. Huh. Uh, the guy, the guy looks like Stephen Merchant, but he's not Stephen Merchant. And I'm actually yeah. blanking on who it is. Um, this showed up on the TikToks. It showed up on Reddit. I guess this actually happened in September. But nevertheless, it's a UK presenter. I think his name is Russell Howard. Don't quote me on that, though. I don't have it in front of me. But he's, inter- he's interviewing children, and uh, here we go. How do you think Boris Johnson's done? Well, well, because if he just left it, then thousands, thousands more people would have died. Yeah, because, I mean, he is really strong. I mean, he does eat, uh, like, 100 pancakes in the morning. I've not, I mean, I've not heard this. Where did you hear this, that, that Boris has been eating 100 pancakes? What does he do next? Um, I guess he just has a big drink. <laughs> What's he drinking? What's he washing those pancakes down with? Wine. Water? Wine. Yes, so hang on a minute. Wine. So, so Why would he drink wine in the morning? But he might do. He's got the look. And because Boris has got an iron stomach, he might start drinking wine at like 11. Yeah. Because, I mean, he has made a lot of good movies, like Jumanji or... What? Since when has Boris Johnson ever been in Jumanji? He was in the movie. Hang on a minute. I figured out what's happened here. This makes complete sense now. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, he, he eats 100 pancakes. And you confuse Boris Johnson with Dwayne Johnson, which is a brilliant thing to have done. Sounds like Rob Beckett. The host? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Not, not or- actually... Or Josh Whittlecombe. I can't. No, I actually want to look it up. Confirm. Somebody on Taskmaster. Again, it's not Stephen Merchant. I'll tell you that. Everyone, gotcha. uh, when I was looking at uh, Reddit comments on this, people, we all thought the same thing, that it was Stephen <laughs> Merchant and it is not Stephen Merchant. It's the glasses. The guy's wearing glasses at uh, Stephen Merchant. Like Stephen Merchant always wears those square glasses. Okay. It sounds so familiar. It sounds exactly like somebody from Taskmaster. Russell Howard. That's his name. Yep. Okay. 
So, and that poor kid, that <laughs> because that was on camera, that is going to follow him for the rest of his life now. Confusing Boris Johnson with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> it's not like it's uh, you know Boris the Rock Johnson. I think the Brits will call Boris the Cock Johnson. I'm gonna get so much shit for not knowing Russell Howard. I don't even know who that is. Don't He's worry. on Taskmaster. Oh, is, okay. I don't. Know, I don't, don't even, I'm not even familiar with that. So. Oh, Taskmaster is amazing. Do yourself a favor. It's all on YouTube. Just fucking watch all of it. It's just. Mm, it's just a good game show. It's like comedians can compete and do tasks, and they're hilarious. That's all I have to say. There's only one Taskmaster I'm familiar with, and it's a. Uh, uh, superhero or a villain? I can't remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna forever hate myself for not getting that. Because <laughs> anyway, hi, <laughs> how's, how's it going, internet? Uh, or villain? I guess a Marvel villain. That's that's one of the uh, that's one of the Marvel characters I'm less familiar with. Taskmaster. But anywho, that uh, seeing a name like Taskmaster, it, Masker, Master, Taskmaster. See, that throws me off. You know, what throws me off is when I'm going through the, uh, the, the, the TV guide and I see what's on. There's a show called What Would You Do? But it's not the What Would You Do that we grew up with. It's a completely different show just under the same name. Where they like put somebody racist in a restaurant and they're like, would you confront them or and risk your life? I've never Maybe. watched a show before. Is that an actual uh, thing that happened? I feel, I feel like that I could be getting that wrong again, just like Russell Howard. Thing. Okay. <laughs> like I know there's like, there's like so many different things where there's like kids bullying each other in like a restaurant and then like it's all fake, but they, watch people do nothing but every now and then like one person's like hey what are you guys doing that's not cool and they're like good job that's that's the show you know uh i i refuse to acknowledge the existence of this show and would instead rather focus on the uh the mark summers hosted masterpiece from 1991 yeah, that's better. I mean, I'm just looking it up. Uh, I had such yeah. a crush on Mark Summers' stagehand on both that show and Double Dare. Uh, her name was Robin. I remember Robin. And uh, she, they, I know they did like a reunion thing a few years ago, and she took part in it. And she is, uh, she is aged like fine wine. I don't know if she has any involvement in the. Uh, the newer version of Double Dare. I don't even know if that's still going. I know they brought it back a couple of years ago. And True. Mark, and Mark Summers was, I believe, the announcer on on that show instead of the host. But um, they did a big reunion special. I know they got back a bunch of the, you know, the, the original, one of the original announcers and then uh, Robin and uh, Mark Summers. Because I think Robin actually hosted an episode. Uh, I don't know if like, they joke swapped and then Mark Summers was now the uh, like the stagehand or if he just wasn't available. So she hosted. But uh, yeah, that was if you were a 90s child like you and I, then uh, she was very likely among your first crushes. 
you're a guy. That, that and Summer Sanders. Summer Sanders, Robin Morella, Kimmy Hart. And Jasmine. <laughs> and Topanga Lawrence. Oh, uh, true. Yeah, I guess there's like, a, say, top, there's like a top five. Did you say Kimberly while I was? I did. Okay, good. I said, yeah, I, I dropped her full name, Kimmy Hart. <laughs> That's I only know Jamie Joe Johnson. She's directing, uh, I believe, an episode of um, I want to say Star Trek, one of the one of the new Star Treks coming up. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, which I now I haven't watched. I've only watched clips of uh, Prodigy. That is the uh, animated series on Nickelodeon. But that's the one that has uh, Janeway from Voyager. Oh, cool. She's the nice. um, she's she's the not like the it's not the emergency medical hologram. I think it's like the training hologram on on their ship. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, no, it's Janeway and it's um, uh, Kate Mulgrew coming back to do the voice. It's it's very nice to hear her doing the role again, even if it's animated. Hell yeah. I would like to see her do it in person. I would hope uh, Picard sets that up for us. Picard, a very good series. If, I still have to see it. If not a little fan servicey, but uh, a very good series nevertheless. I'm I'm behind, honestly, on on the Star Trek universe. I was really excited when Discovery came out, and I'm I'm like two seasons behind on that now. I've only seen clips of of Prodigy. I've heard Lower Decks is absolutely fantastic. Um, and I haven't watched that, and that's more of like the adult animated series. Uh, I think someone from Rick and Morty is involved with that. Makes sense. So, and I'm just getting a little bit overwhelmed with all these like networks coming up with their own streaming platforms, and I'm like, oh, I have to get another one. I'm like, oh, I can't. That's part of the problems. I don't want to pay for another streaming yeah. service. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, and I completely get it. But I'm like, I, I feel bad as it is having Hulu, Netflix, yeah, Amazon, and and just feeling obligated to have to use it all regularly. Yeah, that's I try to mooch when I can. (laughs) Two of the services I have, I'm I'm mooching off others. So, I mean, no, that's don't I don't do that. Uh, Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now you have finished wow. the series. I'm I'm very close to finishing the series. So uh we now, can't we can't spoil it, obviously. We won't spoil it. However, I will say that we will give opinions which might, you know, change your perception of how you watch it, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I always, I always feel like when somebody's like, "I'm not going to give you a spoilers," but the new da-da-da is so shitty, and then you're like, then you go into it expecting it to be shitty, like the worst thing ever, like Dragon Ball Z, and then like you're like, that wasn't that bad. It's already colored your perception of it. Mm-hmm. Or if you say like, it's the most amazing thing that I've ever seen in my entire life, you go into there thinking it's going to be cinema gold dragon the dragon ball live action film was a swing not not just a swing and a miss but like they swung and the bat left their hands mid-swing oh, yeah yeah that's <laughs> what i meant that's what i meant the live action dragon ball movie and, sure. and, and so yeah i didn't even say it right and you knew what i was talking about and 
I love how the the show Shameless features uh, Bulma and uh, uh, what's his face Goku mm-hmm. as, as lovers. Yeah, whole lot of banging happening on Shameless, and then you go back and you see him in the uh, in Dragon Ball. Yeah, what what what, what night and day, <laughs> night and day. But I think the thing that is the most problematic about the live action is the fact that it's divided the fan universe so much is that there's like, there's seemingly a 50, 50, almost exactly split of people who say that it's, it's okay. And people who say it's the worst thing they've ever seen. It's really tough to have that transition from uh, anime or animated into live action. Let's look at, uh, and I've never seen either of these. I'm just, I'm familiar with them and I understand everything behind it. Uh, Avatar, the Avatar animated series is, is lauded is like one of the best ever made. And then you have the Shyamalan film, which is the the complete polar opposite. It's just, it's just uh, absolutely terrible. So, uh, understandably, when it was announced that Cowboy Bebop would be transitioning into live action, people were apprehensive, as they should be. I was apprehensive because uh, I was actually wholly familiar with the source material, unlike Dragon Ball and and uh, Avatar. Yeah, same. And uh, hearing that they're going to be doing this in live action, um, you know, knowing that it wasn't just going to be live action shot for shot remakes of episodes, but it was going to, it was going to be interesting to see how they approached it. I am happy that there's no whitewashing Go, ghost in the shell, uh, uh, ghost in the shell. Great example. Cause that was a big deal. Um, fantastic anime, fantastic films, and then you get the live action version from a couple of years ago with ScarJo and people are pissed because there was whitewashing. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Cowboy Bebop, I'm, I'm happy that they didn't go that route and that's um, not, not that they got an Asian guy to play Spike, but like, I'm glad they just didn't like cast a bunch of white people in this. In yeah. This, I'm, you know? I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Like they I'm, cast I'm people gl- who are good. Right. I'm glad that jet black, Played by a black guy. I'm happy that Faye is played by a Latina chick. Um, and that they got the floofiest looking Corgi to play Ayn. I Important. think that I think that the the casting uh it, you, you people can complain all they want about Cowboy Bebop, the live action version. The casting is on point, man. The casting is great. It's so good. And I know most people disagree because they are like, oh, you know. There's there's some some viewpoints that I agree with, but you know, I I like the fact that it's something different. It, yeah. it made me feel like I was watching Cowboy Bebop again for the first time. Yes, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. So I appreciated it, and also I went into it thinking, oh my god, there's no way they can do this. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. Like, there's no way it's got to live up to such hype, and you know. I won't say that it was amazing, but I thought it was entertaining. 
I think it's its own separate thing. And I think people need to treat it like it's not replacing the anime because it's not like people are losing their minds. Like as if like this live action was saved over the old anime. It's like, no, you can go watch the old anime anytime you want. Right. So I don't know what the big deal is, but I, I like that I get to watch it again. So that's, I should have, I should have known this, but, uh, the original anime being on Netflix, I mean, no surprise. So if you're unfamiliar, at least with source material, watch a few episodes of the anime. Cause and, the, and the anime is a masterpiece. It's an absolute it's so, masterpiece. And the dubs are amazing. Oh yeah. It's like one of the best dubbed animes that I think I've ever seen. One of them. Yep. It's like the voice acting. It's just super on point. Like I actually prefer it dubbed. Yeah. Cause I, I, I don't know. It just seems like it fits like the, they, I don't know. That's just, I'm not going to get into that, but see, I just, I, I, I don't go into things with expectations anymore. <laughs> I just, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't go in with expectations. I just assume everything is going to be trash because that's just sort of the, um, way things are these days. It's the only way to protect yourself is to go into thinking something's good because you can only be like surprised. But if you go in the opposite, you'll only be disappointed. Yep. So, I mean, it's kind of crappy, but it helps to not have such high standards. And also like it's, I don't know. People are going crazy about it. They're, they're acting like it's destroying. Oh, the cowboy bebop world or pish posh like pish posh that that's malarkey i mean as somebody who cowboy bebop means a lot to me i think i've talked about it on the show before but like it's deeply rooted within me like how much the show means to me i started watching it in 2000 when it was on adult swim and i loved it so much i couldn't finish it because I was like, oh, it was one of those situations that like if I finished it, it would be over and like I didn't want it to be over. That's why I've never watched Firefly. Yeah. Because people are like, you'll love Firefly. You got to watch Firefly. I'm like, no, because I know it's it's a season and I know people love it and then it's going to be over. And like, yeah, I, I know there's a follow up film, but mm-hmm. I just I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's so about 10 years later. I decided to watch it again. And this time with the intent of finishing it, watching it all the way through again, I made it to like episode 20 and I just <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was just like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Couldn't, couldn't, and, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't figure out what happened with uh vicious and Julia. Just all of it. There were so many like, ah, oh, this is, this means so much. And then it wasn't until the pandemic happened where I was like, well, this could be the last chance I get. So, right. I should just sit down and watch it. It was so cathartic. So good, dude. It is so good. I was just like filled with every single emotion. And I was just like, oh, and I was like, I'm very fickle about tattoos. And I'm like, I got to get a cowboy bebop tattoo. I just have to figure (laughs) out what, Yeah. but I need to get that. Cause like the storyline of like how stuck in the past, everybody is, it's so so on 
par with my life where I'm like always analyzing my past and like, you know, carrying that weight. You're going to carry that weight. It's just, uh, it's just. So when I say that's what I went into watching the live action with that admiration of the original. Yeah. You could say there was a lot of stakes, but I didn't think it was crappy, but I also didn't think it was amazing. Like, I think it's just its own thing. I think you got to go into it. Yeah. Thinking this is to entertain me. This is not to replace the old one. This isn't to, you know, service any sort of fan club planet. This is just its own beast. It's, 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 and if you go into it like that, I feel like it's safer and better than holding it to the classic original. It's, yeah, it's its own thing. And that's how I treat it is its own entity, same characters, same premise, but its own thing. And they changed a lot, which is good and bad. But uh, I think one of the things that it faults it the most is that a lot of people are wondering, why the hell do we need a live action? And that's that's a fair question. (laughs) Money. (laughs) I mean, yes, it's a cash grab. Yeah. So. But there's no reason to have this series because no, like you already have like a perfect version of it. And I think that's what most people are upset about is that they can't find a real good reason why the live action exists. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair for people to criticize that because if you can think of one, I'd be happy to hear it, but I can't. I just they're at least they're at least aware of it seems like the creators are at least aware of uh the fan base, how rabid the fan base can be. And even though they are touching something very delicate, they know what not to mess with. The fact Mm -hmm. that the opening credits are the same. The fact that the, like the end credits of every episode are very similar to the anime. The music overall is very, very important to the whole entire the aesthetic, Serious. the overall yeah. aesthetic. They didn't. They didn't like try to redesign Bebop and make it a, a, a brand new thing to to translate into live action. Um, it's uh, it's largely it, it's largely all there. It's just yeah. It's just, it's it's like a different take on mm-hmm. on the series. Um, what I was most excited about seeing was Big Shot, and yeah. Uh, that that's one of the things I, I I like that it's in the series that it's in the live action series, but I do I do have gripes about it just because it was hilarious when it's animated and when you see it, you know, live action, it it just doesn't hit the same. Yeah, it's the live action has this layer of like campiness to it, and then they almost doubled it <laughs> right people people have compared the overall series to like really expensive cosplay i can and, i can see that and how they do big shot in the live action series is absolutely cosplay it's it's just like you know it's it's a dude who is doing a really bad hispanic accent and 
a moderately attractive chick and they are cosplaying as uh, Judy and Punch, respectively. And it just, it, it it's kind of bizarre. They had to double up the campiness because of the layers of like, they're like, oh, this is a campy show. So like this show has to be, it's a show within a show for right. those of you who aren't familiar, but it's how they find out their bounties. Yeah. It's, 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 it's who they're going for. Although I, so far, as far as, cause again, I'm only, I, I'm just a few episodes away from finishing the, the season. I might, I might try to finish it today. Um, Big Shot's only shown up a couple times, whereas in the anime, they were in almost every episode. Uh, and I also like how in the original promo materials before the live action series debuted when they showed, because they, they only showed little bits and pieces of Big Shot, Judy, and Punch. And when they showed Judy and all the promos, now in the anime, uh, Judy is, as most anime chicks are, stacked. And she's wearing a, a shirt that is not closed at all you know because that's just how anime chicks are and in the promo materials her shirt is closed so i'm seeing that i'm like ah i mean i get it because like anime bodies are incredibly unrealistic maybe you're trying to uh, i mean i don't know how you could it's not it's not family friendly in the least but <laughs> no, but <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the the purpose of covering her up was but then uh the actual series comes out and her shirt is very much open, but it's still not the same. It's now yeah. again, it's just like cosplay. It's like it's it's uh, a chick trying to cosplay a female anime character. Whereas with Faye, because Faye in the anime is uh, stacked and she's dressed. She has a very risque appearance. And I like how they translated this into live action with Faye's outfit in that it's its own thing. Yeah, and I have I've I've not even with Cowboy Bebop. I mean, she was in um, the last Jurassic World film. Uh, that actress, oh man, do I just have a crush on her? And uh, it's 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 nice to see her in Cowboy Bebop, but I like that she's not, you know, dressed as Faye, and she's not yeah. effectively cosplaying as Faye. She is her own Faye. Yeah. So, uh, but. Uh, Big Shot too, man. In the whole anime, Big Shot was great, especially at the end <laughs> when Judy flips her shit mm-hmm. and then Punch. The, they show Punch, I think, in the last episode, and uh, you don't know it's Punch because the accents of uh, he has, he's had a fake accent this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> and he's with his mother. His mother's asking about uh, his uh, his female co-host. That was great. See, that's that's the sign. Like that. that is the sign. Sorry, spoilers. But that's the sign of a great uh, uh, anime. That's yeah. the sign of a great story. When you can. Fae, you, is you it Faye? Faye's like, you look familiar. Or, some, or somebody's like, you look familiar. That person looks familiar. Yeah. You wouldn't even know. Like someone. I think Kate had to point that out to me when we were watching. She's like, did you write? Did you see who that was? I'm like, no. She goes, that was Punch. I'm like, what? Because yeah. he's. Yeah. It's no accent. And he's wearing normal clothes. And. uh yeah, see that was um that was brilliant. So uh yeah, I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it very soon. Um, but I, I like it so far. I mean, I I there are there there is a bit of campiness to it. It's it's what you get when you try to take something animated and make it live action, but um I don't hate it. I don't I don't hate it, hate it here. And I, I don't want to say anything that criticizes it per se, because like I feel like 
anybody who listens to this before they watch it will super focus on those things. So, but right. I like it for what it is. And again, cause I, I, I just tell myself not to go in with expectations about anything. Uh, that way I won't be, uh, that, that way I can be disappointed by my own merits and not through influence of others. Yeah, you know, like I'm like, I'm watching Hawkeye right now on, on Disney plus. I like it. And I know there are people out there that don't like it, but I didn't go into it expecting it to, I didn't go into expecting anything out of it. Yeah. Because like WandaVision and Falcon and winter soldier really sort of set the precedent for what these Marvel shows are going to be like. And on, on Disney plus, and I'm like, okay, I can't expect every series to be like this. And Hawkeye is more, um, it's more campy by comparison. So, yeah. um, but I wasn't expecting that and I've been pleasantly surprised so far. So uh, I like shows that don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Oh, those are the best. Yeah. Uh, very quickly. And before we wrap up here um, and talk about things that, again, I, I tried to have no expectations going into uh, and um, it really made judgments all on my own. Uh, so the Grand Theft Auto uh, games, the the or not the originals, but the the PlayStation 2 games <laughs> were recently remastered and re-released uh, about a month ago. And. It's been a very polarizing, controversial launch. Nate, I remember you, big fan of uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. Uh, only person I know who played it in, in top-down mode, because you could. Yeah. yeah. Just like in the originals. Exactly. Um, the, uh, the, the remasters, from a technological standpoint, not that good. I heard there's been some issues... <laughs> Yeah, to say the least. Very buggy, uh, very, um, very polarizing. There's a there's a lot of interesting bugs that are within the games. Uh, I will say that aesthetically, they look great. You know, they they at least like the worlds look very nice compared to what they looked like 20 years ago. Yeah, but it is a. I'm playing through San Andreas right now, and it's like I'm. I, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to enjoy it, but I can see why people are upset about it. I can yeah, really I've see heard it. I've heard. Yeah. So um haven't played it, but I've heard. Yeah. So that that's uh that is a great instance of taking something that was fantastic to begin with and um trying to trying to redo it, trying to do something different with it. And uh swing and a miss. Yep. Swing and a miss. The thing that irks me the most, it's not the bugs. It's not the, uh, it's not with the character models and how, how goofy they look. It's the audio quality. That, in that, in, in Nate, you're an audiophile too, and that would rile you. Yeah. Because Rockstar Games even straight up said, we never thought we'd ever have to revisit any of this. So they don't have the master recordings of any of the, you know the voice sessions any of that stuff so it's only made worse by being paired with better imagery yeah it sounds like everyone's talking through a walkie-talkie 
it's that bad. It's like it's 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 like trying to take something where the the uh, initial source material was done with a with like a high pass filter uh, applied to it and trying to make it sound not like it's running through that like like okay well let's, let's add a bunch of low pass to it and then wondering why it sounds like shit Ugh. it's just it's like super low quality super compressed it just it sounds so bad compared to like what you see on screen i mean even in um uh 2001 it sounded bad but at least it kind of made sense yeah they now, cut corners right so and it's not like you can go and, and re-record because uh, a lot of the the voice cast uh, those those actors have since passed Dennis Hopper Frank Vincent um, etc there's 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 a several of them that are no longer with us so uh, they can't just go back and re-record but um, yeah yeah I mean they they could probably fix it but I don't think it's worth their time and money they they say they're going to fix it. they say they're gonna dedicate time to releasing updates that will improve it but um, uh I mean, I the fact that the fact that like you just can't release a game that's like playable right from the, the, the start, the fact that now you need to rely on updates and patches to to make it better like that's it's a sign of the times, man. I don't I don't like this era of video games back back in when like when San Andreas first came out, like there were bugs in the original release and the only way to fix it was by re-releasing the game. Mm-hmm. The original version of the game, the one that has the, the the black label, I have two copies of that. That's worth money because it has the hot coffee uh, sex mini game embedded within the disc. But there's a bug where in one of the desert towns, uh, a plane spawns in that town, but it spawns right inside a house. So like if you try to get inside the plane, it immediately explodes because it's like collide. It's immediately colliding with something. Uh, and that was something they fixed in later releases, but like they literally had to re-release the game in order to fix that. Yeah, once upon a time they used to finish games and then release them. It yeah. now seems like there's such press for time that they release it unfinished, and then whatever people complain the most about, that's what their top priority is to fix. Yeah. Problem is, people look at games like um, No Man's Sky, which which you know, was unreleased or unfinished when it was initially released. And now it's, it's uh, over the course of five years, won several game of the year accolades because it gets continuous free updates. Like every update that has come after that game has been free. There's been no additional purchase needed for it. And every subsequent update has improved the game to the point where it's now like what we were told we were going to get. It just took several years. And the fact that they had to like release version one and release all it, get all this negative flack for it. And then over time, the game all of a sudden became good. Like, okay, that that's a, that's a great success story, but that shouldn't have been the case. Yeah. You so. hate to see it like cyberpunk. Yeah. Which, uh, it's still they're They're still talking about like, future updates and things that they're going to do to improve it. And like, why <laughs> don't even bother, man. You released it. You made your money, had your controversy. Move on. It's becoming so impatient. I feel like, yeah. like in terms of like wanting games now and like wanting new, like, dude, I remember when things were in the theaters and it would t- take so long to get it on VHS. 
And like now it's like on VHS while it's in theaters. <laughs> on VHS, he says. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll hold to it. Everything's on VHS. So, oh man. Uh, if, if you try hard enough. <laughs> uh, my friend Brad just shared this on uh, on Facebook. Uh, it's a meme. The four horsemen of re-releasing their old work, but just a little different. Okay. The Apple logo. Rockstar Games. Todd Howard from Bethesda. And then COVID-19. <laughs> wow. that, it makes full circle. Yep. Our, our, our episodes have fun, funny ways of doing that. Ah, uh, the old Danny Bonaducci. Danny Bonaducci, Danny. Danny Bonaducci, Danny. Sorry. It's true, though. <laughs> All right. Well, we can wrap with that. Yeah. So go go see Cowboy Bebop. Let us know what you think. At us. Or <laughs> don't <know>. at us. <laughs> no, please add us. Let us know what you think about Cowboy Bebop because it's um I like I said, I like it. Nate <laughs> likes it. I mean, I don't give it a perfect score. I give it, you know, a fair score. Sure. Yeah. Like seven point five. I wouldn't say it's perfect. Uh, there, there are other things out there that I would argue are perfect. Uh, you know what I would say is perfect, almost perfect. The Guardians of the Galaxy video game that came out uh, a couple months ago. Check that out for the soundtrack. Not even for any other element of the game, but the soundtrack. Yeah, it's way better than the new Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, if your if your video game has on its soundtrack, we built this city by Starship and Rickroll. A plus. That's all, that's all you need. Not to mention, now that's sort of like a, now, uh, that was done by the same people that did the Avengers game that came out last year, and that game was just flaming dog shit. It was a live service game. The combat was terrible. Everything about that game was terrible. So then, within a year, they then release Guardians of the Galaxy, and it seems like they, right from the outset, knew where they fucked up with the Avengers. Because Guardians of the Galaxy, single player, you only play as one character and not switching between a whole bunch of different characters with all these different skill sets. And it's just a straightforward story. That's what a video game should be. And guess what? It's it's finished. You don't oh, have yeah. To, yeah. There's you don't have to rely on updates to to, to get the, uh, the complete game. Right. Anyway, I forgot to mention that I, changing the topic completely. Uh, today is uh, Lois's Gotcha Day. That's my little baby kitty. So I, I just wanted to say Happy oh. Gotcha Day to Lois. Oh, Happy today. Gotcha Day, Lois. So I love her. She's great. How old is she? Well, we found her when she was months old, and it's been, it was a year ago today. Okay, nice. Well, happy Gotcha Day, Lois. Yay. And uh, peace to our friend Maverick. Yes. Peace. All right, Nate. Thank you for being here. Thank you for, Thank you for having me. talking with me and at me about things. 
Oh, yeah. You're a good friend. I appreciate you. Likewise. All right. And to the rest of you, we will talk at you next time. See you. Bye. Goodbye. Manifestation may not have happened.